Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Be You with Declan Edwards. Now, if you've been following the podcast for a while, you will know that I have just gotten back from a three-week trip to Africa, where we took our first international BU coaching retreat on a two-week safari and a one-week climb of Mount Kilimanjaro. Now, that was by far the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Next week on the podcast, I will be going deep into my own personal breakthroughs and realizations and challenges that I experienced whilst on the mountain. But this week, I'm incredibly excited to welcome a very, very special guest to the podcast, an incredible man by the name of Chris Warren. Now, Chris was one of our guests who came on the retreat. He met us at the base of Kilimanjaro and did the one-week mountain climb with us, and he was one of the people on the trip who really inspired me. I mean, he is a living, breathing example of resilience in the face of hardship. This man has never been to high altitude before this trip, but physically, mentally, and emotionally, I think he held it to, together better than nearly anyone on the trip. And I really found that, especially for me personally, he was a source of strength to draw upon when I was personally struggling at those high altitudes, especially on summit night. So I'm very excited to have him on the show to share his insight, his knowledge, his tips, his tricks, his value into how you can begin building resilience in the face of hardship. And he's going to be doing that by sharing some of his story and his insights as to what he experienced at altitude on Mount Kilimanjaro. So without any further ado, we're going to welcome Chris into the studio and we're going to interview him for this week's episode of BU with Declan Edwards. Let's do it. Okay, Chris, thank you for coming in today and uh, yeah, volunteering some of your time to come onto the podcast. I uh, had a little bit of a chuckle just before we started recording because I've shown up to the studio today for those listening in a dressing gown um, and Chris is looking like he's still just fresh straight off the mountain. He's got his runners on, hiking pants, beanie. Like, this is a man who is always ready and raring to go. And could basically just go climb a mountain now and I would not be joining him in my bare feet and dressing gown. But, mate, again, thank you so much for coming in. Not I, a problem. I, I know that since we got back, you know, we've both had a little bit of jet lag and then we're at a time now where we've both, I think, largely managed to get our mind back together. <laughs> and it's a good opportunity. For the most part. To, yeah, for the most as much as we can. Um, it's a good opportunity for us to be able to reflect uh, on our week in Killy together and, and yeah. yeah, and find yeah. out more about sort of how your experience of it was and what was going through your mind sort of, you know, on the man. So there's so much that we're going to deep dive into on the podcast. I'm really excited for it. But before we do that, I've had the privilege of knowing you for a little over a year now. Yeah, um, yeah it's been about that. About a year and a half, maybe. Yeah. And uh, getting to know you more and more over that time and at retreats and, and finding out what makes you tick and... I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a bit more about yourself and what makes you tick and what you're passionate about. Because <laughs> um, I know that there's a few things that you're, you're passionate about and quite interested in. So yeah, over to you, yeah, my friend. Yeah. Introduce yourself. Yeah, um, well, my name's Chris Warren. Um, I run a 
coaching business as well. Uh, it's called Perception Drive. Yep. Uh, I've recently started working with uh, mental health as well and in the high behavior support. And I'm finding that some really interesting space and it's bringing up a lot of thoughts and questions for me as well you know, in how we live our life and how other people live their life. It's, uh, it's been really fun. And yeah. how have you sort of found that? I mean, you know, I love finding about the person behind the passion. And <laughs> the more I talk to, talk to you on the mountain, the more I find out how passionate you are about helping people. Yep. Um, why is that, do you think? Like, uh, what's the story behind getting into that? I think it's probably something that uh, spans from my mother as well. My mother was a nurse for 40 odd years. Okay. So uh, she's. Uh, very passionate about helping people as well. She uh-huh. worked in the John Hunter Hospital yep. in the children's ward. So, so you sort I've of kind of grown up with yeah. it and being the youngest of four kids, I uh-huh. kind of had to learn how to help people and <laughs> help myself as well. Yeah, gotcha. And I know that that's something that, you know, is a big point of passion for you as well, that help self so we can help others. I yep. know we had a talk about that on Killy, this idea of apply to self. I know it's something you've been doing for the last few years. Yep diving into personal development and into human behavior and, and, and mental health and well-being and, and really understanding yourself in order to better understand others. Yep. Um, share a little bit of that journey with us, like prior to Killy, like the, what you've been going through in the last few years. Uh, prior to Killy, uh, probably, well, like I said, my personal development started, yeah, it's about two years, probably two years ago now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, was going through a bit of a rough patch with work. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, and then within a span of a month, um, lost my wife uh, through divorce Mm -hmm. and lost my job, basically lost the house as well in that time. And then everything that I had kind of crumbled Mm. and I just had to figure out why, Mm. you know, what that pattern was, Mm. what kept happening. Because I found out it was a repeating happening between me and relationships. Uh Uh-huh. So I kind of dug into that and, and figured that out and then just kept going from there because I found it fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And I've always been interested in psychology and, uh-huh. and that sort of stuff, but just didn't want to do uni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I uh, yeah, found the, uh, the coaching world and uh-huh. started diving into that. Yeah, wow. And it's pretty it's, admirable to have such big curveballs thrown at you at life. As you said, all in the space of a very short amount of time. Yeah. But to sort of, you know, obviously it would have been difficult and challenging at the time, but to then have the ability to step back a little bit and go, well, hang on, I want to find out why this is happening and what I can do about it. Not just yep. become a victim of it, not just, you know, get stuck in this cycle, which we no, see, unfortunately, yeah. people get stuck in. Yeah. But go, what can I do to change this pattern? Yeah. That's really admirable. That's quite cool. I think, yeah, one of the key learnings that I had from coaching, sort of study and, and learning about that personal development was that. The, the victim triangle. Yes. And I, I read that and everything just went bang and it all clicked. Yeah, yeah. And I went, shit, I'm not living on the victim side anymore. Uh-huh. I'm moving. Yeah, wow. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a, a, a powerful decision to make within ourselves, right? It is. Yeah, yeah. It is. And, it, and it's a hard one as well because mm. it's so easy to get sucked into it and just say, yeah, poor me, woe mm. is me. It's going to keep happening. but Yeah. That's where the change starts. That's so cool. So, so is that part of the reason, do you think, why you made the decision to come to, to Kilimanjaro? Because that's a big decision, right? Like, A, it's a big energy commitment to climb 
Yeah. You know, Kilimanjaro, one of the highest mountains in the world, one of the seven summits, the highest mountain in Africa. Going into it, you know, it's a challenge. It's something physically demanding and emotionally demanding. But then yeah. there's also the time and the energy and the money commitment to go to it. Like, it's not yeah. a cheap mountain to climb. It takes quite a lot of time in terms of pre-training beforehand, and then you're on the mountain for six days. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of investment for you to make to go there. Talk me through the decision leading up to it of like, because people don't go and do something like that just for like, <laughs> oh, screw it, I want a holiday. You know, like, no one's going, I want a relaxing holiday. <laughs> yeah. That's climb Kilimanjaro. Climb Billy. Right? Yeah, that's it. So I think that people choose to go do something like that for a reason. What was it for you, like, leading up to it? I, um, I've, well, I've been thinking about this and since, since I've been a kid, I've always been interested in exploring and, you know, always enjoyed explorers like Sir Douglas Mawson and, and that sort of, and Edmund Hillary and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I've always had a, a inkling to go and climb Everest. Mm. And then this year, I actually wanted to go and um, hike up to the base camp. Uh-huh. But uh, I think we spoke about this you know, before we organised Killy as well, yep. that I wanted to either do Killy or base camp, yep. or both, if yep. it was possible. Um, and the choice was Killy was basically just that, you know, I knew you guys were going and yep. had a lot of fun with you guys yeah. and met everybody else and just went, yeah, that's great fun yeah perfect <laughs> so it'll be a good trip uh-huh so it's sort of that a, a way to sort of begin fulfilling what's been a, a passion for you since you know, yeah. childhood like this you know to be it was, it was a it. It, it was a test for me to see if i could do it mm. basically um i wanted something this year to test me and yeah put into practice what i've been learning uh-huh and over the years and yeah, just to keep going with it, push yeah. myself and find out what I'm capable of. Yeah, perfect. Because I know you spoke to me a bit on the mountain, especially on the way up, about this idea of, of, of yeah, challenging yourself and rising to that challenge, you know, you know to, to yeah. prove to yourself that you're capable and to, you know, build self-worth and self-value and self-esteem and to, you know, I think, I think that's such a, a great perspective to take to go, well, hang on, we build self-value and self-esteem in the face of challenge. Yes. But we don't, we, don't, we don't build our self-esteem and self-value by staying within our comfort zone and telling ourselves, you know, just think positive thoughts all the time. Exactly. Like, I do yeah. think life shapes us through difficulty. You know, it we're is. hardened through difficulty. It is. Um, do you think that was a big part of, of coming to Killy for you? was like, okay, well, if I'm going to push myself, you know, I've been thinking about this since I was a kid, but I'm going to do something that actually challenges me and pushes me yeah. as a way of, Growing myself and developing myself. It is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely a big part of it. I think just more so for the uh, the physical challenge. Because mm. I'd actually... I'd always put it off because I was always a big person. And yeah. Always you know, let a lot of things go because I thought I was too unfit for it and would never be able to do it. So yeah. just got to that point where I went, just going to do it now. Yeah. It's now or never. Test yeah. it. If it works, it works. If not... Try again. Yeah, and what a refreshing perspective to take towards a challenge, right? Like to not keep delaying or waiting for the perfect opportunity, like, you know, when I'm fit enough and yeah. when I've got enough money and I've got enough time and I've got enough... Because you know, I find people wait, right? They're like, okay, when, yeah. every, when the situation and the, you know, the circumstances are perfect, <laughs> then I'll challenge myself. Yeah. Well, then it's no longer a challenge, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a challenge exactly. when, when there's that little bit of, can I do this? Like, will I actually be able to make this work? Yeah. 
And I love that perspective that you mentioned of coming into it with the idea of no time like the present. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, yep. we try again. Try again later. Yep. <laughs> Which is really quite cool. Um, is that a perspective that you feel you've taken towards challenges over your whole life or is that something that you've it been is, developing yeah. and practicing? Or uh, it's, it's been something that my whole life I've had that. Mm. I mean, yeah, thinking back to times in the past and friends that I've dealt with in the same sort of thing, it's things don't work out the way you plan it. Yeah. You've got to expect the worst, hope for the best. Uh-huh. Keep moving forward and yeah. just keep going. And is that a perspective that you feel has really helped you rise to difficult situations in life and, and adapt has, to curveballs yeah. when it life has. throws them? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is quite cool. So, so uh, t- talk me through... So we're on the mountain. So for those listening, right, uh, I said the reason I asked Chris to be on this podcast is because Chris, especially for myself and especially on our summit attempt was a, a rock of emotional and physical strength for me. Like there's a, There was a very clear moment where I still very vividly recall um, going into a panic attack because I couldn't get my arm through my jumper sleeve and I was um, really cold. And I remember turning around and, and just looking into Chris's eyes and Chris saying, just breathe, it's going to be okay, focus on your breathing. And, and he really guiding me through this uh, this process to slow my heart rate and my breath down and just calm myself so I could get into my jacket. And that was just one example of some of the amazing things that Chris did personally for me, but I know for the group as a whole over the time we were in Killy, um, you know, out of everyone in the group, he's someone that didn't seem to get affected too badly by altitude and, and was very um, physically and mentally and emotionally like there and present and capable throughout the whole um, process Mate, I'd love to dive a bit more into sort of your inner thoughts and feelings throughout climbing Killy as a whole, but especially yep. on that summit day, because a lot changed on that summit day, like our plan of attack on when we it, were going to summit it, changed <laughs> last minute. Um, it changed a lot in a very short time. Right, <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that day in itself was almost an entirely different trip compared to the days leading up to it. The days yeah. leading up to it were... You know, almost fun, right? They were like, yeah. It's like this is beautiful scenery. Yes, it's challenging. Yes, we're all adapting to the altitude, but it wasn't like, you know, summer day, we right? Just shut up and go. <laughs> yeah, right, which was a whole different plan of attack. So run me through the first couple of days before we get to summit. Like, how are you feeling? What are you thinking? What are you doing to get yourself up the mountain? Uh, honestly, I was enjoying just being around people that I knew, having fun with everyone, talking to everybody. Uh, that's probably a large part of what got me through. Yeah. Um, I, I found the less time I spent in my own head, the better. Because mm. you get into your own head, that's when you start to go you know, backwards, forth, and start the panics and start thinking, you know, what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? Yeah. So, and you're looking at people's physiology and looking at you know, where they're thinking as well. And you can yeah. see some people were getting into that space as well. Yeah. So I sort of look at them and go, oh, I try and bring them out of it too. Yep. So I think that's a large part of what helped me on the first few days. Mm. And so, largely out in the mountain as well. Yeah. So just to sort of summarize that idea of, I love that idea of, you know, if you get stuck in your own head, you're going to start going back and forth and overthinking yep. and, you know, what if this goes wrong? And that's where we start to play the, you know, what if game, which yep. no one's ever really a winner in the what if game. Um, but I love that idea of, of focusing on helping others and on contributing as a way of getting out of your own head. Like I've heard a lot about getting out of our head and into our body by like pushing our body in. Yep. Um, 
But until talking to you, I hadn't really heard many people using that strategy of getting out of their own head by helping others. Yeah. Um, it's something that I've been, I guess, naturally good at. Mm. I've been able to read people and say, you know, they need help and, and pick up what they're feeling and, and what they're thinking. So yeah, yeah, definitely. It's kind of a scary ability. <laughs> <laughs> but it's helpful. Yeah, so. yeah. 100%. So, so tell me now, run me through summit day. So, you know, I'll take you back to, we've just come into camp. Um, we've had a pretty big push in the morning because I think we all pushed our pace that morning going, the sooner we get to camp, the sooner yep. we go to sleep, yep. which means the more sleep we get before we go to summit. Um, but then change of plan, we have lunch and the decision is made that we're going to make the summit attempt yep. straight away rather straight than sleeping. Um, so that we can make a daytime summit attempt and everyone's got a higher likelihood of, of going for yep. it. Um, what are you thinking in that moment? What's going through your head the moment? Because I think a big part of resilience is adaptation, the yep. ability to, to adapt to a change of plans. When things don't go the way we <laughs> plan, to be able to go, okay, well, let's bounce back from this. Yep. Um, what are your initial thoughts in that situation, your initial feelings, and did they have to be shifted and reframed a little bit? I, I definitely have to be shifted, yeah. Because mm. um, I was looking forward to that sleep. Yeah, you and I both. <laughs> I think all of us were. Yeah. But that point when uh, we, we sort of came to that realisation of the better chance of everybody mm. getting to the summit yeah. that day rather than going, uh, having five hours sleep, yeah. four hours sleep, whatever we ended up at, and then attempting it in the freezing cold. Yeah. And possibly you know, three out of nine making it yep. at the best. Yeah. So I think that kind of spurred a lot of my decision and a lot of my energy up. Yeah, gotcha. And it was that sort of point that I went, it's now or never yep. that we're going to do this. Yep. Because I think my goal was to, to get to the summit myself. Yep. To help, everybody, to help as many people as we could get up there as well. Yeah. Because that's what we were there for. Yep. Yeah, I love the idea of we're there as a team, we're there as a group. Like, yep. how do we give everyone the highest likelihood yep. of achieving? Exactly, and it wouldn't have been the same if we sort of kept people dropping like flies off the mountain and yeah, only got the top with us with three of us or however many got to the top. Yeah, definitely. definitely. It was a lot better situation having you know, eight or nine out eight out of nine of us at the top rather than yeah three. Yeah, definitely. So, so run me through what's going through your mind and your body as we close into the last 100 vertical metres. Like now, speaking of people dropping like flies on the mountain, I mean, that last 100 vertical metres is where we started to see people throwing up. Was, I know I had panic attacks, went into shock. It was kind of funny, actually, because it was the same spot that everybody hit. Mm. Where they all, you all went through the same thing. Yeah. I don't know how it didn't affect me. Mm. Um, I think I just sort of kept my eyes at the top yep and said it's it's there like, it's not that far away yep so yes it may take us you know another hour to get there but it's right there i can see it yep and i think that's just a part of me mm-hmm. i know if i can see the end in sight i know mm-hmm. i just power to it yep so, yeah, uh, so it's almost that sense of you know the goal is that close that you can sort of draw energy from yep. that yeah. Okay, well, hang on. I've come... Uh, I imagine, there was, was there part of it where you sort of looked back and you're like, well, fuck, look how far we've come already. Like, I'm there this was. far up there the mountain. It, I can almost <laughs> touch the summit, right? Uh, the Gilman's Point. So it's so close. Yeah. 
let's finish this. Um, do you think that that was part of what sort of contributed to that energy, that ability to go, well, hang on, I've come this far? It definitely was, yeah. yeah. It definitely was. Um, and I think it was a point where uh, Vanessa actually sort of stumbled around and looked behind us and went, just, wow. Yeah. I've got an amazing photo of it. You can just see the sunset on the top of um, Wawenzi Mountain behind us. Yeah. And the shadow of Kili in the clouds. Yeah. And... It was that point I sort of turned around and just went, shit, like we've spent the, the day coming from that mountain mm. all the way to this point. Yeah. And it just kind of went, just, wow. Sort of puts it in perspective, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, yeah. You say, you know, there's only that far to go, but you, you've got to spend that time in turning around, looking back yep. and saying, I've come this far. Yeah. I've done this already. Yeah. I know that's a big thing we talk to people about just in life as a rule of thumb, it, it, it in is, goal yes. setting, right? It is. Like, we spend a lot of time future-focused. Yes. And you, know, you, you don't turn around and look at what you've achieved in the past and you so easily forget what you have achieved that's very similar or leading up to what you're doing. Yeah. That you can draw on that inspiration as well. Yeah. I've heard it almost told in a beautiful analogy with... um. You know, it's it's almost like people walk through life with an eraser running behind them. You know, every yeah. step we take, it's almost like, well, that's in the past. And I won't think yeah. about it. I won't reflect on it. And it's this sole focus towards the end goal. But the danger of that is we get trapped in this idea of, oh my God, I've got so far left to go. Yeah. And that's very energy draining. But when we pair, well, hang on, I've got this far left to go, but I've already come yeah. 90% of the way. We've got, yeah. Right. We've got 100 metres left on the mountain, but we've travelled, I think, what was it, about 15 k's that day? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You put that into perspective and just go, just keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you're close. so close. Yeah. So. 100%. So, so tell me, because I, I, I'll pick up one before you, so, you know, obviously your personal goal was to summit the mountain and get to the top. Yeah. And you said your other goal was to maximise the success of other people getting there, as many people as possible. Um. We get to Gilman's Point, and for those who aren't familiar, if you're listening with um, with Kilimanjaro, there's th- there's three summits. So the summits, the top of the mountain, then there's the highest point. So, three summits are Gilman's Point, which is the official top of the mountain on the crater lip, and then Stella Point, and then Uhuru Peak, which is the highest point on the mountain. That's about another hour to an hour and a half walk along the crater rim from Uhuru Point. Sorry, from uh, Gilman's Point. So, we get to Gilman's Point. I know for me, I'm I'm just dead to the world by this point. It's freezing. We're getting a group photo. I'll never forget we're, we're pulling this massive poster out of, my, out of my bag to get a group photo and we're all shivering. It's cold. And we pose the photo and look at our guides and our guides look at us and go, we have nothing to take a photo with. No one gave them a phone or a camera. And I remember this moment of going, who's got a camera? And working it all out. You know, we get there and there's no talk. I don't recall there being anyone talking about going to Uhuru. It was like, no, we're, at, was not, we're no. at Gilman's. I know for me, I know for Shem, I know for a lot of us, it was get down the mountain now as quick as possible. Get to yep. lower altitude, get out of the cold, get yep. warm, get in the tent. But you're still very much physically and emotionally there. Like You're still very strong and resilient at this point. Is there a part of you at that point going... I want to keep going. And if so, 
what was it that led to the decision to come down with everyone and to let go of that goal? Because I think there's a lot to be said about the importance and value of letting go of a goal temporarily. Yeah. Um, run me through that because that's a very interesting moment on the mountain. It was. It was. It was a big moment. Mm. It was. We were pretty stoked that we reached that first summit. Yeah. And it, it's a pretty big achievement in itself. Yes. I mean, it's only geographically two hundred meters short of the summit. But yes. Yeah, and another hour. Yeah. Uh, basically, what was running through my head then was. Um, I was looking at everybody else going, if, you know, I'm the only one that's going to make it. Yep. And everyone else just wanted to get off that mountain and get down out of the wind because he was chilling down to the mm. bone, mm. even with so many layers on. Yep. Uh, and the biggest part for me was that uh, I had to take my glove off mm. to get my uh, phone out of the pocket to take some photos. Yep. And my hand was just numb. Yep. From the cold, like it was, like it took me about half an hour to get feeling back into it. Yeah. Once we got down the mountain, and that was probably a large part of my decision mm. to go back down. Yep. Uh, and I thought, there's no point continuing on. Yes, it's bragging rights to say I got to the point, but yep. I also wanted to go there to, to see from the top of the world. Yes. So. The fact that we went up and it was pitch black when we got up there. Yep. That was also a large part of it as well. So. Yep. I think that were the three main factors, and then I just sort of made the decision that it's not worth my life, or yeah. not worth risking my health to do that right now. So yep. I just had to get down out of the wind. Yep. And started dragging people down with me <laughs> yeah which is uh, which is such a big call to make to be able to go i love that to go you know yes i think i think it's said a lot in personal development and on social media to never give up give up on your goals always push yourself keep going but i think so much to be said about at what point does the goal not become worth holding on to anymore i think there's a, a great picture the amazing Mel Robbins shared about a year ago that sometimes holding on hurts more than letting go and it's got yeah. the rope ripping through someone's hand yeah. um, and giving them rope burn, right? And I think there's that point where, as you said, like it's... The original goal wasn't going to be met anyway because as you said, I want to see from the top of the world. I want to, I want to yeah. look over the clouds. That's not going to happen in the first place. Two, my hand is like running risk of frostbite uh, from here. I was pretty sure I was getting frostbite. Right, yeah, it's running risk of frostbite. It. Is it worth it? Um, you know, see, again, looping back to being really appreciative of how far we've already come. If you go, well, hang on, I'm standing on the crater rim of Kilimanjaro. I yeah. am at that high point. Like, I'm damn proud of how far we've come as a group. Definitely, yeah. You know, can I leave here happy with this? And I, I think there's so much to be said about that. You know, that was one of the most profound and interesting moments for me in reflection like leading up to this interview I was like I really want to know what went into that decision because um, you know I don't say this lightly but I, I do think you were probably the only person in the group um, who could have made it to Uhuru that night yeah had they chosen to right I think you know within yourself and I know within you that you had it within you to yeah. do that um, and you made the call not to, and I think it was for the right reasons from what you've told me, which is quite a, it's a big decision to make. Run me through speaking about, you know, resilience being about adapting to plans changing the next morning, mate. 
So the next morning, you know, we're packing up everything. We're getting ready to head down to Harombo Camp and make our way off the mountain. And I noticed you and I kept looking back up at a guru <laughs> point. Like, we were just captivated. Like, the right, next morning, yeah. there was no clouds over it. We could see it right there. It was almost calling to us. And I remember you coming across and going, would you go for it this morning? And I was like, oh, I think I would, but then I wouldn't go back down to Harombo afterwards. I was like, I'm, I, for me, getting off the mountain was starting to become the focus rather than getting up. And I was like, oh, part of me wants to, part of me doesn't. And I was, I was torn, but I just saw this, this determination in your eyes to go, I think I can get up there today and back yeah. down. And, and you ended up asking the guide if that was possible. Yeah. And it was a yes, and we all celebrated. We're like, oh my God, you're going to get to go up and, and go for a point and then like do a 14, 15 hour day and meet us at midnight at Harombo and <laughs> Come back, make yeah. way off the mountain. And and then, you know, the head guide consulted with the assistant guides and a lot of concerns came out. One, about the health risks of going yep. for that summit attempt twice in 24 hours. Two, about the legal risks. It's actually illegal in Tanzania to make a summit attempt twice, um, probably because of the health risks as well. Yep. There was a lot of risk that came up and the decision was made not to do it. Mate, run me through the emotional roller coaster that that must have been for you to go from up, down, yes, no, <laughs> am I going, am I not going, where am I? Um, and how you managed to adapt to that. Because that's a challenge in itself. It was. It was a big challenge. Um, and honestly, it was pretty disheartening mm. to hear that I couldn't do it. But mm. I understand the reasons behind it. Yeah. And again, came down to being yes it's my health yep it's not worth risking my health right now for bragging rights yep uh there's going to be other opportunities so it was just a i think the decision to come down i was disappointed yes but it was still the right still the right reason yeah still still justified mm. and yeah and also it comes down to the legality for yeah. guides as well like of course you don't want to be getting them into trouble and yeah getting them just yeah yeah losing their livelihood over yeah losing yeah. their livelihood because yeah there's, there's not much in africa as we saw and yeah they're passionate about what they do and and they're there for the clients mm. and the fact that yeah the head guide was willing to go out of his way and yeah. risk everything for that for me to, to make it on my own mm. is phenomenal in itself. Yeah. And I, I think another part of it as well was that I didn't want to do it by myself. Yeah. Like we had gone there as a group, so yep. I wasn't sure how I would do it on my own. Yeah. Uh, with just the two or three of us that would go. Yep. Uh, me, the guide, and possibly one other person if they went. And I thought, you know, it was kind of unfair to everybody else mm. as well to say that, you know, I got there and no one else did. Yeah. So I think that was a, a bit of a realisation as well once the reality hit yeah. that I wasn't going to do it. Yeah. And I think there's a, a very common theme that I've just noticed in, and it's given me such powerful insight into what sort of fuels your resilience. And I just want to run it by you and see if you can if you think that is accurate, but this, this, this perception and this awareness that there is more to this than me and my individual goals. Yeah. You know, from day dot, you said like, this is 
how is everyone else doing? Yeah. How are they holding up? Is there any way I can help them and, and, and do them? To the decision exactly. to go up, you know, rather than sleeping to make our summit attempt straight after lunch, going, well, hang on, this is going to increase the likelihood of everyone being Everybody able to go being, for yeah. this. To the decision of being at Gilman's point of going, well, hang on, everyone needs to be able to get down from this alive and safe. And my health needs to be put as a priority as well to the decision, you know, not to, uh, to, to adapt to not being allowed to go the next day to go, yeah. well, hang on, I don't want to risk the legality and livelihood of someone else for my goal. I don't want to risk my health for my goal. Yeah. I don't want to risk the team for my goal. You know, this, this bigger, broader perspective of there is so much more. Than just me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, do you find that that's something that sort of rings true for you? It is, and it's something that plays out a lot as well in my life. Yeah. It's something that, there's always something bigger than just you mm. and just your sort of tunnel vision of what your goal is. Yeah. So there's often times where you've just got to take that step back. Yeah, yeah. Look around and just say, yeah, risk benefits. Yep. Yeah. yeah. What's there to it? Yeah, definitely. Mate, so tell me, because I'm absolutely inspired by what I saw from you on the mountain in terms of uh, resilience <laughs> and perseverance, but also that bigger perspective. You know, I talked a lot to you in this interview about the value of learning to let go of a goal, about stepping back and seeing the bigger picture, yeah. about, you know, celebrating how far you've already come versus how far you've got left to go, about, you know, contribution and, and resilience through contribution. And I think there's so many lessons that people can draw from you and your story just this small shred of your story, like your story is a lot bigger than just yeah. what happened on Killy in a week, right? There's this one little chapter and there's so much we can draw from it. If you were to give your top three sort of tips to people, say someone's listening and they're like, man, I would love to build my physical and my emotional resilience and be able to adapt mm-hmm. in the face of adversity. Um, and they're listening and they're just as inspired by your story as I am. What would you say the first three tips could be for someone to sort of start doing that? I think your first tip I would say would be to learn how to sort of calm yourself down with breathing, mm. not just yeah, like normal breathing, but being consciously aware of what you're doing with your breath, yeah. like going in deeply through the nose, right down into the belly, yeah. and then just push it out sharply. Yeah. Uh, that, I find just repeating that was a lot of what helped me on Keely as well. Yep. Yeah repeating that sort of um, um, movement in the body mm-hmm. and awareness as well. It also brought me out of my head. Yep. Because I was concentrating on my breath. Yeah, gotcha. And I, I deal with uh, people with anxiety mm-hmm. and that as well. And I, I, I try and teach them the same thing. Yep. Because your focus goes from out of your head, out of looping in your head. Yep. To then into your body. Yep. And you're focusing... You know, your mind on something else. Yep. So you're not focusing on the pattern going deeper and deeper and deeper and that spiral downwards. Definitely. So that's probably one of the biggest things that I've learnt. Definitely. Uh, and, and doing that is... Uh, learning that sort of technique is something that I've probably only learnt in the last 12 months or so. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's a method uh, partly of um, the Wim Hof yep. method. Yep. I know you've done some exploring yeah, in that yeah. as well. And I, I, I know just looking back in sort of key moments in my life, like I can remember doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just stopping myself, learning how to stop myself and just 
take mm. that breath, mm. calm it down and just look at it from another perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So do you find that's, that that's sort of like the next tip is when you can calm yourself down and breathe yep. and regulate to begin shifting perspective a little yeah, bit? Definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you've got to ask like a lot of people, one of my, um, one of my biggest sayings, I think is people ask, why do you want to do something? Mm. And I sort of, I turn around and say, well, why not? Mm. Yeah. Like when I said I was going to climb Killy, people yep. would go, why? Yep. Why not try it? Mm. Yeah, might not make it to the top, but at least I tried doing it. Yep. So I think that was probably one of the biggest shifts that I'd done within my questioning myself. Uh huh. To doing that and, and just just asking yourself different questions, you know, what if things could go differently? Yeah. Or how would things go differently? Yeah, I suppose as you said, if we're getting stuck in that cycle of, well, what if it goes wrong? If we can breathe and control and yep. calm ourselves down, we can then flip it to, well, what if it goes right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, what's the other way to look at this? Yeah. How else, what other angle can we come at? Yeah. Yeah. And if it does go wrong, yeah, there's still benefits in that too. Yeah. You learn, you go back next time and say, yeah, doing things differently. Yeah, yeah. And man, even that in itself, would you, like, I think it's, would you say that's the third tip to resilience and adaptation, to be yep. able to view failures or difficulties or challenges or definitely, adversity definitely. as an opportunity for growth, for learning, for change, for, how would you put that? Basically, there is no such thing as failure. Yeah. Like that's one of the key things I think I've learned. Yep. Is that. You only fail when you stop trying. Mm. So, if you keep trying, it may not work. Yeah, Thomas Edison's famous for it, inventing the light bulb. Yeah. <laughs> he said he hasn't found a thousand ways that it's failed. Yeah. Well, he's found a thousand ways that it didn't work. Yeah. But that one thousand and one was when it worked. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think you know history is littered with people like that, and they're normally people that we look up to and admire. Yeah. There's so much to be said about that perception of. There's no such thing as failure. There's there's winning and there's learning. Yeah. It's that simple. That's it. So Yeah. You only fail when you give up. Yeah. And stop trying. Yeah, definitely. So. Mate, I once again I want to thank you so much for your time today and for coming in and, and, and sharing your story and your insight and these tips. I know people are gonna get so much value out of this. Um if they did wanna connect with you more, yep. um, how would they best do that? How would they best reach you? Uh, I've got my um, my page on Facebook. Yep. Uh, it's Perception Drive. Yep. And I have an email address as well. Um, yep. Perception Drive at gmail.com. Perfect. So, yeah, shoot Perfect. me an email, shoot me a message on Facebook. More Excellent. than happy to chat. Excellent. And, mate, very excitingly, I will uh, tell people listening if you've listened to this podcast episode and thought, you know what, next year I want to do something that challenges me physically, mentally, and emotionally. Um, and I want to do it with someone who is, who is experienced, who is qualified, who is great at what they do and a great support. Um, I think I'll let you tell them this. It's very exciting. <laughs> it is. Uh, I, I've been uh, working on running a workshop and a retreat in Dekili in August 2019. So uh, I'll get that in the works. And if you're interested, yeah, just let me know. I'll keep you in the loop. Perfect. So guys, say that again. If you are interested in going to Mount Kilimanjaro 
the highest mountain in Africa and doing something that's going to dramatically change your life, like positively impact it, just the amount of personal growth you'll experience from pushing yourself mentally and physically that much is incredible. It is a great opportunity and it, I am overjoyed to be able to you know, support Chris in putting together his retreat to go uh, and take people to, to climb that mountain. I have absolute confidence in his ability to be an amazing leader for that trip and take people over. Um, so it's a huge opportunity. Please do not miss that. If it's something you've thought about doing in the past, make sure you get in touch with him by uh, shooting him a message on Facebook via his page Perception Drive or by shooting him an email at perceptiondrive at gmail.com. But once again, uh, on behalf of all of our listeners, on behalf of myself, on behalf of our team, thank you so much for coming into the studio and for sharing your insight for having and me. being on this episode <laughs> of the podcast. Not a problem at all. It's been really good. Perfect, mate. Woo! So our guide in Kilimanjaro had a great saying that I think is really applicable right now to wrap up that amazing interview with Chris. And it was, wow, wow, wow. Uh, Man, like, as I said, like, there's so much that we can learn from Chris and from his story and from what he experienced and on Kilimanjaro and I do highly encourage you guys to get in touch with him whether it is to go to Kilimanjaro with him again next year or just to keep in touch with him and learn from him he's a great guy Um, but please as always you know the rule of thumb knowledge alone is worthless lasting change requires action so if you are going to build your resilience in life make sure you take action on some of those tips that Chris gave they're very valuable so make sure you actually go and apply them Next week on the podcast, I'll be sharing my insight into what I went through on Kilimanjaro, especially in that final summit night and sharing some of my own breakthroughs and realizations about myself as an individual and the personal growth that I experienced on that mountain. So I'm very excited to share that with you. But in the meantime, as always, be empowered, be exceptional and be you. I'll see you guys next week.